This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. Welcome back to All the Sins. I am Fallon and I'm here with Mims. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. My son's basketball team lost horribly, but he played good. Yeah, I've seen that video. Is Was he the one that made that shot? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> At his moment. Yeah. No, he's pretty good. As long as he keeps his head in the game and he doesn't get distracted or angry. Yeah, I bet. A lot of emotions in your I do not miss those days, that's for sure. Like just the never ending cycle of emotions. Yeah, the hormones, the emotions, the not getting your way, but being able to make your own decisions. It's really frustrating. They're lucky, so I'm not like super crazy, so they have a right. lot of um, leeway. Yeah, like I'm not gonna be like, you have to wear this to school. I don't approve of this outfit, or yeah, <laughs> because you only care about the important stuff. You don't care about the the small insignificant stuff. Like it doesn't bother me. People need to be able to express themselves and have some autonomy. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, um, we have some updates, some stories. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Um, I'll start and get mine out of the way since it is a touchy subject. Um, so, uh, uh, it was yesterday or over the weekend, there was a, a shooting at a LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs. Um, so, the gunman was identified as Anderson Lee Aldrich, Aldrich. Um, and he was stopped by an army veteran, um, Richard Fierro, and a drag queen dancer, um, which was totally amazing. So they both disarmed him and prevented him from doing more harm. I didn't see anything that anybody passed away. Um, maybe I didn't read far enough into it, but that was just really crazy. Yeah, it was really crazy. Oh no, he did kill people. So he's facing five counts of first degree murder and five counts of bias motivated crime using bodily injury. So, yep, this fucking douchebag killed people and he was only 22. How do you have so much hate in your heart? I don't get it. I absolutely don't get it. Yeah, so basically a drag queen kicked his ass. (laughs) Good. Like stomped on him with his heel. And I'm like, you know, there's cops outside wanting to like go in and stop all this. But these two people 
did more than the cops did. And I just yeah. was so amazed. Um, and it's really fucked up because basically two weeks from the shooting, there is a rally to spread more hate against this community. Um, and it's really shitty. It's called Protect the Children. And I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's going to be in Fort Lauderdale Beach. Literally two weeks after the shooting, they scheduled it. And it's to rally against uh, gender ideology, child grooming, um, parent alienation, and gender affirming care. So basically, they want to fight against like parents that um, are okay with their kids, you know, showing signs of wanting to be like the opposite sex or whatever. Um, and just, you know, not saying, no, you can't do that. You can't play with a Barbie. You can't wear pink. You can't wear a dress or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. so that's what protecting the children means. And I did that with air bunnies. So fuck that and fuck them. Yeah. I think because one of these, people I forgot who it was right now but he was on Joe Rogan and he was exaggerating the number of kids that were on the puberty stopping medications oh it's like 1400 kids in America but he was saying it's like a million and he was saying there's millions millions of kids on these drugs and all of these liberal fucking parents are letting their kids be on these drugs and blah 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 it's like 1400 in reality and I would imagine that their parents didn't go into making that decision lightly they didn't just wake up and be like well I had a son but I wanted a daughter so we're gonna do these drugs so I'm sure it was and I'm sure the doctors aren't just handing them out either I'm sure there's got to be some counseling involved appointments with doctors like this is a big deal and these parents aren't just doing this on a whim And what their argument is that when you're so young, you don't, you can't be able to make that type of decision for yourself. Like you can't, you're, you're not old enough or mature enough. Um, Mm -hmm. Then the same type of people want a 10 year old to go through full birth and have a baby. And you think that they're mature enough to go through that. Like the, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. You can't, you can't just like whatever suits you, you can't tailor it. It's got to be like all the way through. Yeah, I agree. All right. So got that one out of the way, really, <laughs> but good for them. The, the heroes of, of that story. Yeah. Good job. I'm glad that they stopped him before he killed more people. Yeah. So last week on the podcast, I had mentioned when I was driving, I had seen there was an active incident going on. Mm-hmm. And then like the investigation was taking a long time. They didn't really say what had happened, but I have an update for people that didn't see the update. On November 15th at 11.27 a.m., Appleton police and medical first responders were called to an address in the 700 block of West Summer Street for the discovery of a possibly deceased person. Upon arrival, officers located a 31-year-old male who was deceased inside of the residence. On November 16th, an autopsy was conducted by the Milwaukee County Medical Examiner's Office, and this death is being investigated as a homicide. 
Otagami County Coroner's Office and the Appleton Police Department have identified the deceased male as Eric B. Hudson Jr., a male with the date of birth of 8-9-91, and he was a Fox Crossing resident. So pretty young, like yeah, 32. Yeah, 30. Yeah, 31. Okay, yeah. Um, the investigation into the incident is ongoing. They're not able to release any additional information regarding the cause of death. And the investigation suggests this was not a random crime. No arrests have been made. If you do have any information, you are to contact Detective Lidbury at the Appleton Police Department, 920-832-5500. I did hear rumors that it was a shooting. Right. That hasn't been confirmed by APD. That's just something I heard from people that listen to our podcast and message me. <laughs> um well we will keep you updated on whatever unfolds with that seeing if there was any motive if it was you know somebody that that person knew or whatever happens we'll yeah whatever happens we'll keep you updated as we hear about it mm -hmm. and then the only other thing I had was in the Appleton area there was a lot of traffic accidents on Sunday and it looks like it all started with a drunk driver, which oh, led to a chain of accidents. That accident caused part of the road to be shut down and a helicopter to land. And then that caused more accidents to happen. The full news story is on WBAY if people want to look. But two people ended up dying and nine people were injured. And the highway was closed down for a long time. So stop drinking and driving. Yes. Oh my God. Like in this day and age, come on. Taxi. I know. I can't believe how many people are constantly drinking and driving, especially in our area, like yeah. in the country where you don't have any other option. It's still not excusable, but I can kind of make sense of it. Like, oh, they wanted to go home. They didn't have a way home. And Appleton, Fox Cities, Green Bay, Milwaukee, Madison, anywhere where there's an Uber and Lyft, what's your excuse? Yeah, not wanting to pay, but then you basically kill people. So then you're paying. Yeah. And let me tell you, OWIs are not cheap. No. I work with people who get OWIs. Fine, start at $1,000 and they go up to thousands of dollars in License suspension for years and years, and your fourth offense is a lifetime license revocation. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And you can't drive at all. Mm hmm. So, Ugh, people, people driving, stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. That's it for me. Okay. Yeah. I think that's it for me, too. Okay. All right. I'm going to dive into it. What do you got for us today? I am doing, actually, I kind of don't want to say the title of it. So I'm just going to ease you in. I got my sources from the Fonalec Reporter, Fox 11 News, The Daily Dodge, WBAY, and NBC 15. Um, this is a short story, but I think it's really important now that we're going to get into it because a lot of people don't think that it happens in rural areas and in Wisconsin um but it does so everything happens everywhere people 
Yeah. <laughs> so let's set the scene. It's November 28th, 2019, almost exactly three years ago, which is kind of freaky. Yeah, um, that was really close. And like, I just stumbled upon this story. So it's not like it was intentional at all. Um, <clears throat> so a 17 year old girl called the Green Lake County Sheriff's Office in a panic. She told the operator that she had been sexually assaulted by several men living at a home on County Line Road in the town of Manchester, Wisconsin. Uh, not only was she calling the police to report that she had been violated, she herself was a missing, missing foster child from Madison since June of 2019. So she was self-reporting her being the missing person. Okay. This poor girl was missing from her guardians for five whole months. And while she was a runaway, she unfortunately was being sex trafficked. However, in November, she was able to free herself and call the police. Deputies found her walking along the side of the road and brought her to the vehicle. Um, there she sat down and told investigators that a man violently assaulted her earlier that same day and she was sure to tell the man's name and all of the other people involved in her uh, sex trafficking. According to her, Julio Cesar Valera Valera preyed on her and took her from Madison to a home in Manchester multiple times from August to November. So he was the main guy who arranged everything, transported her, um, just the one, her pimp, basically. Yeah. So at W2964 County Line Road, uh, eight dairy farmers from Guatemala who lived in the home forced the girl to engage in sex acts. Half of the money went to Julio in exchange for the sex acts, as does a pimp. Um, so he was giving her half the money? I don't know. It didn't specify, but it's like, where did the other money go? I don't think that pimps typically give the person money, the victim. I guess it depends on the situation. Yeah, I don't know. But it only said he took half the money. Maybe he split it because there were other people involved. Um, Maybe. So Julio uh, also took her to a farm in Marquesan to engage in commercial sex acts with the farm workers there. So... Two of the three residents interviewed at the Marquesan farm admitted to paying for sex with the teen multiple times and confirmed that Julio was the man procuring the young girl and the receiver of the payments. So everybody pointed the finger to Julio. Um, apparently, Julio had a wife and oh. was catching on that he was up to something that wasn't good and eventually kicked him out. She ended up kicking him out in October of 2019 as she was suspicious that he was cheating on her with the young girl after finding a message from the girl asking him to pick her up. He tried to explain it away by telling his wife that the girl was a prostitute and he was driving her to Green Lake County to have sex with farm workers for money as if that was any better. 
Um, I really don't know how this woman didn't call the police or didn't beat him over the head because how could you be okay <laughs> with okay, so you're you're not okay with your man cheating, which is you know normal, but you're okay with him driving a young girl pimping her out and receiving the money. Like that makes no sense. No. So Julio had another individual closely involved in the sex trafficking ring, and his name was Ives Garcia Rivera. During the investigation, the suspects that were involved stated that they thought she was in her 20s and that she was there voluntarily. Uh, They described her as erratic and stated that she tipped chairs over and threatened the men with a knife at one point, but this only further indicated that the girl was in distress because right. they wouldn't defend themselves with the knife from men who were trying to rape you. Like, duh. Yeah. Like, obviously, she's going to be like that. Right. So investigators went to the farm to look upon the premises and make their arrest. Julio Caesar was interviewed by investigators in t- December of 2019. Uh, so at that At first, this pathetic excuse of a man said he had only met the teen uh, once in Manchester, but later admitted it had been more than once. Um, He told law enforcement he had driven her to the town one time without knowing she was selling her body and that he did actually know she was younger than 18. Come on. You're not fooling anybody. We do not believe you. No. So the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Wisconsin filed federal charges against 35-year-old Julio Cesar Valera Valera, 31-year-old Ives Garcia Rivera, 40-year-old Avelino Cesarino, uh, Abilio Corrado Gonzalez, Samuel Martinez Corrado, Oscar Romero Martinez Corrado, 28-year-old Noe Bautista Martinez, 28-year-old Rolando Corrado Gonzalez, 33-year-old Esther Hugo Rivera, 37-year-old Ember Rivera. And if you haven't noticed, a lot of them have the same last name. So a lot of them were related to each other doing these things in, you know, in front of their family members, you know, just passing this girl around and doing it in front and nearby their family members. It was disgusting. Um. So they were charged with sex trafficking, sex trafficking by fraud, force and coercion, and conspiracy to engage in sex trafficking. Cash bond was set at 20,000 for Evis, Garcia, Hugo Rivera, Ember Rivera, and Samuel Gonzalez. Avelino Cesariano was set at 50,000. And additionally, Julio was also charged in Green Lake County Circuit Court for trafficking of a child. And Evis was also charged with second-degree sexual assault by use of force and child enticement with exposure of intimate parts. Uh, Evis pleaded guilty to exposing genitals to a child and was sentenced to, do you want to guess? 
A year. 18 months. Uh, Noe Martinez pleaded uh, no contest to third degree sexual assault and was sentenced to, do you want to guess? Probation. <laughs> 389 days in jail and no. his count of child enticement was dismissed. Uh, hmm. Rolando Gonzalez was previously sentenced to 18 months in prison. So Jessica Bielmeyer, the co-chair of the Green Lake County Human Trafficking Task Force, stated, people do think this only happens in the larger cities like Milwaukee and Madison. Unfortunately, it is happening in rural areas such as Green Lake uh, or Washera or Fonalac County. It's just behind the scenes, end quote. So it's not just not in this area it's not in your backyard it's everywhere everybody has creepy nasty ugly people in their community whether you want to face it or not so it's not just a big city problem um so it did kind of have a silver lining because a couple months after this young girl came forward uh, three victims of human trafficking came forward seeking help just in Green Lake County. Um, oh, so wow. it did open up, you know, that pathway for additional people to come forward and say like, hey, look, this is also happening to me. I'm glad that she came forward. That had to take a lot of strength to do that. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, Jordan Zabel, a Green Lake County social worker, stated parents need to be involved. They need to be aware of what their children are doing on social media, who they are accepting friend requests from, and be involved and talk about it because it's the only way we are going to be able to make a change in our communities, end quote, which is really important, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though we do not know the young girl's identity, this episode is entirely about her. We hope that she has emotionally and physically recovered and we admire her bravery. Um, and I also wanna point out that all of these men are disgusting old animals. Like they were in their forties. Like that's just so wrong. I mean, they could be a year older than her or whatever, but like, it just for me that it just makes it even worse yeah <laughs> it does so that is the story of the green lake sex trafficking ring good job i didn't know that it was that bad that they had a task force in green lake yeah that was really interesting for me as well that's crazy <sighs> all right that was a tough job. one but <laughs> thank you yeah you did great thanks Today, I'm going to talk about an incident that happened during hunting season. I thought it was a good time for that. So my sources today are TheMeatEater.com, Murderpedia, and uh, Reddit. Okay, so on November 21st, 2004, mine is also almost to the exact day. Yeah. So 18 years ago. An incident in the Blue Hills area of northern Wisconsin would change the lives of many people. 
So I'm going to tell you at the beginning that there's going to be a couple of different versions of events. I'm not going to say like, I believe this person or I believe this person. I'm just going to tell both versions and then our listeners can decide how they feel about it. I like that. So we have this man. His last name is Vang. Chua Vang. I lost his name. Okay. He's a 36-year-old resident of St. Paul, Minnesota. And he was out hunting in the Blue Hills area. He was tracking a doe through the forest. And this area is about 20 miles northeast of Rice Lake. People know where that is. And at some point, while he was tracking this doe, he ended up coming across a group. And what would happen next would and in the deaths of many of the people in this hunting group. Okay. I don't know if you ever, did you ever hear about this? I have, and I was debating on when I was going to cover it. And I'm actually kind of glad that you're covering it because I, I really <laughs> want to be like immersed in the story. Okay. We'll see what you think then since you know about it. Okay. So when he came across this group of hunters, he apparently opened fire on the only armed person in the party. And then he shot three more people who were apparently crouching down or sitting. And then he reportedly chased down a father and adult son who had fled and then ambushed a young nurse and her driver from behind as they rode unarmed on an ATV to render aid to the people that had been shot. Vang shot four people in the back and two in the side and executed three with follow-up shots like if they were a wounded animal. You know, if people mm. hunt, if you shoot an animal and it's not dead, you go back and make sure it's dead. Yep. So he did that. Mm -hmm. He went to fire his rifle at one of the wounded hunters and discovered it was empty because he had already shot 22 rounds from his SKS. 7.62 by 39 semi-automatic rifle. 22 rounds. Holy yeah. shit. And this is a really interesting random fact. Before this incident, no reported mass shootings involved hunting. Like we always hear about hunting accidents or even maybe a hunting murder. Like friends are out in the woods hunting or husband and wife and somebody gets shot. But there's yeah. never been any mass shootings that the people could find that involved hunting. This mm -hmm. doesn't normally happen. But in this case, it didn't work out that way. Mm -hmm. And Vang had been very vocal about his beliefs that he didn't believe in trespassing laws. Mm -hmm. He thought people should be able to go on whatever land they wanted to, hunt whatever land they wanted to. He just didn't really believe in the private land ownership and keeping people off of just open land well that's how you get shot <laughs> yeah so he had gotten numerous tickets in saint paul where he is from for trespassing for poaching for illegal fishing he just oh. didn't believe in these laws so he chose not to follow them oh wow okay yeah making your own rules i guess <laughs> That's what we do in America. Yeah. <laughs> and on the day in question, he apparently didn't feel any differently as he had climbed into someone else's tree stand 
He's found an empty tree stand on a property that didn't belong to him and climbed up into the tree stand. Mm, no. Like, that sounds crazy to me. Yeah. I would yeah. never do that. That's like somebody getting in my car and be like, I'm just going to use it right now. I'd be like, no, sir. Just for a little while. <laughs> I'm just, I want to warm up. I'm going to sit in here. Yeah. You come out and I'm like, I just want to get warm. Nope. So Bang was spotted by the prop one of the property owners, Terry Willers, who then went out to the tree stand to tell Vang to get out and get off of his property. Mm-hmm. And Vang was like, okay. He started to leave, but Willers had told him to go one direction. He went a different direction. So Willers was getting irritated. Like, why are you not following my directions? Get the fuck off my property, basically. Right. So he followed him for about five minutes to make sure that he was actually leaving. Mm-hmm. And then he went back to the camp by the other hunters and told them that he had evicted, quote unquote, the tree rat. Ooh. Yeah. So then one of the other landowners, Robert Croto, said he wanted to make sure that Vang got the message to never return. Okay. So him and his son, Joey, and two other friends got on an ATV to find Vang, and some other people followed on a different ATV. So what is what is known is that Willers was shot and temporarily paralyzed by a bullet through his lower neck and upper back. So he was the only person that had his rifle, and he was supposedly, and was unable to use it. Uh, Their friend, Lauren Hesebeck, was shot in his left upper arm and shoulder, but he survived. Denny Drew, 55, died because he was shot through his lower chest, pancreas, stomach, and small intestine. He died a day later. He didn't die on scene. Mark Royce, 28, died after being shot in the head while sitting on his ATV. Robert Croto died after Vang chased him down and shot him through the heart. His son, Joey Croto, died when Vang chased him down and shot him four times in the back. The last bullet striking his neck and his head. And Willer's daughter, Jessica, 27, and her friend, Al Lasky, 43, died um, down the trail alongside Lasky's AT. Whoa. And after that, Vang reportedly reversed his blaze orange jacket to the camel side and hid. That's this is how he killed Jessica. He After he killed the other people, he hid. And he thought that Jessica and Lasky were probably armed and coming to look for him. So after they drove past on the ATV, he fired at them from behind. Mm. Oh, no. So he struck Jessica in the left buttock and it went through her hip and struck Lasky, shattering his lower spine and abdomen. And then Bang ran over, shot Lasky again through the back and heart to finish him and then stepped behind Jessica as she crawled away screaming and shot her through her neck into her brain. Oh, gruesome. Yes, very gruesome. Very tragic because mm-hmm. none of this should have happened. Mm-mm, no. 
So the part that is up for debate, because it's not up for debate that he did the wrong thing and he murdered these people. That's not up for debate. But the part that is up for debate is what led to this. Because the landowners would like the public to believe he was just a madman. Mm -hmm. He came in the woods with the intention of just murdering people. However, um, so one side says that Robert Croto, he was a loudmouth and a bully, and that he had screamed and said racially charged things to Bang. Mm -hmm. And they also admitted that at one time they had loosely, in quotations, surrounded Bang. You're right. So they claim that they loosely surrounded Bang, but claim that no one ever struck him or acted like they were going to strike him. No one ever threatened him. However, Joey did apparently block Bang from leaving on two occasions. It's like, what's the point? Because you want this man to leave anyway, so why would you do that? be kind of a mob mentality thing. Yeah. Like, they want, want him here. In like a confrontation almost. Like all these people ganging up on him. So other, and that's exactly what like the other versions of the story paint the picture of a really scared Vang being surrounded by a group of white people. Mm -hmm. Were clearly were unhappy with him. Mm -hmm. so he's already gotten yelled at by the first guy. He decides to leave. He's leaving. He's exiting. As he's exiting, he's surrounded by these people on four wheelers. Mm -hmm. and he's getting screamed at and called racially motivated names. Right. Whatever else is going on, he, his path is being blocked on two separate occasions. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. Other people have said it appeared to be like a lynch mob. Oof. Yeah. So in, in their version, Bang is not just a crazed killer. He's scared for his life. Mm -hmm. He naturally reverted to his tactical training as he was a National Guard vet and a certified sniper. Ooh, wow. So they're saying because of like the extreme stress and of the situation that that's naturally what happened and that's why he did try to claim self-defense but the self-defense um, defense did not work for him because against his attorney's advice he did testify on his own behalf and some of the things he said like while they disrespected me it sounded like he was angry at the words that they said to him so he killed them and some people say some of the things that he said were also like caused by a language barrier not necessarily that he meant to say things in a rude way but he had very little limited English. Right, right. So that added to the problems at trial. So after after all this happens, Bang flees. He had run out of bullets, so he fled by zigzagging through the woods. And eventually he came across a man on an ATV 
who thought he had stumbled upon a lost hunter and agreed to give him a ride out of the woods. But then he realized who it was because the police were already looking for him. Oh, okay. Whoever had survived had called back to the camp and they had the police, wardens, airplanes, helicopters, like everything looking for him immediately. Wow. So this hunter realized who he was. And so he raised his gun and told Bang, like, you need to put your hands up and follow directions. And he did. He complied and cooperated with this man with no problem. There's no threats of violence or anything like that. He just was like, okay, yeah, I'll go with you. So he eventually went on to be tried and he got six life sentences for each person that he killed. He was given a life sentence. And I don't know, it's just such a horrible situation. I don't believe the victims deserve to die, but I also think as people, we all need to do better because our actions create these situations. Yeah, if you are escalating a situation um, and obviously being derogatory and uh, trying to be offensive, to somebody and surrounding them, what do you think is going to happen? Like you get into your primal mode of being uh, basically an animal and want to defend yourself in, you know, many different ways you could, you know, fight or flight or just take it. And he obviously, uh, he was better equipped on taking on all these people. Um, Right. So, yeah, I mean, my opinion is that he left under direction of another person that he did not know um, willingly and um, respectfully. And I feel like if he was treated that way in the beginning, that could have all been avoided. Yeah, I think so, too. And it's really sad that this is what it comes down to. Seriously, I don't get why people are so racist. Like, what do you get out of it? I don't know, but they really are. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. How do you get off on calling somebody something derogatory because of, you know, their culture or where they came from or their skin color? Like, I don't I don't get that. Like, if you're going to call somebody something like base it off of their personality, you know, like them as a person. Right. Definitely. And this was a person that came over from Laos, joined the army, helped yeah. defend our country. Oh, oh that's and so sad. It's just so sad for everyone because everybody lost family members. His family lost him. And the crazy thing is, is that I've heard this story before, but I mm-hmm. never heard any of the background of mm. them. I just, the way I heard it was more like, He went in the woods with the intention of killing people and he just started sniping people. I never heard anything about anyone confronting him or anything like that. Yeah, well, I mean, this is why we do this. It's um, to educate. Yeah, (laughs) Um, not saying that. Educators. Yeah, we are (laughs) educators. I'm going to say it. (laughs) But it's just to really just lay it out as it is um you know not with our own twist to it not with our own biases um it's just facts like we get them from 
you know, news articles and straight from the, the case studies. And it's just, um, and that's just how it should be really it's a, a story yeah. that is this, um, you know, ends in people dying shouldn't be spun in any way. Yeah. Six people died and two were injured. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just it's be just kind. tragic. Yeah, yeah, let's all just fucking be nice to each other. <laughs> not that hard. No, it's not. No, it's not. Like, yeah. why do we have to bully each other? Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't know how. I can't people... imagine looking at a person and being like, "Well, you look like this, so I hate you now." Yeah, no, I don't get it. I don't get how you have so much hate in your heart because then you're just such a bitter person all the time and how are you truly happy I don't yeah I wouldn't want to be like that person and I feel sorry for those people really yeah like what makes you feel like you're better than anyone else how did you wake up and decide that you were superior Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh well that was very interesting thank you for doing that you're welcome we were talking about it at work the other day and then I was like this is not the same story that I know after I looked it up I was like that's not how I recall it I need to talk about this because it's super depth in that yeah well that's it for me got anything else no okay all right we love you guys we do bye All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love. If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't Don't forget, forget, we we love love you. you.